Hey, 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 what up, what up, what up, and welcome back to Kids Raising Kids. Um, so today, before we get into the lesson, I real quick want to apologize. I am deeply, deeply, deeply sorry. Um, last episode, I told y'all that we would be more consistent, and we would be bringing this episode twice weekly, and that was about two weeks ago, and I haven't released an episode. So I failed on that promise completely, totally, missed it, failed. I am sorry. Um, but with that, I am going to do my best to make up for that. Um, I will be releasing episodes, I told y'all Tuesdays and Saturdays, but it is going to be Wednesdays and Saturdays from here on out. And in order to make up for the time lost, I'm going to release uh, five episodes back to back to back. So today is Monday, December 10th, 2018, and I will be dropping f an episode every single day this week. It will actually be uh, six episodes back to back to back to back to back to back to back um, <laughs> now that I think about it because we still have one coming out on Saturday. So this week, Monday through Saturday, there will be a brand new episode every single day. Um, and then starting next week, it'll be Tuesday and Saturdays every week from here until infinity and beyond like Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> um, so again, I apologize. I apologize. I apologize from the bottom of my heart. Um, some things got in the way. I, I mean, that's an excuse, so I'm not going to make it. I just, I messed up. So I am sorry. Um, but today we got a, uh, a, a real good lesson for you. So, um, today we're talking about the first three months of your child's life and more importantly, and more specifically, how your world changes when when your child comes into it, especially your first child. Um, so the whole pregnancy, we talked about this last episode, but you're kind of freaking out. You're kind of you kind of don't know what's going on, especially with your first child. You don't know how things are going to change. I mean, you got an idea. You read the books. You've talked to the people who've been through it, but. Everyone's situation is different, and everyone reacts to situations differently. So, um, or reacts to major life changes differently. Uh, so, basically, you got to understand that you are unique in your experience. You can talk to everyone, and you should talk to everyone that have been uh, through this, especially family, because their situation is probably going to be most closely related to yours just because y'all are most likely similar in a lot more rights than maybe you and your friends are. Even though you and your friends have similarities, you and your family are obviously going to share a lot more because y'all were brought up in similar circumstances and you have similar morals and similar belief systems. And um, so their personalities are going to be much more closely tied to yours than, say, your friends were that were raised in completely different situations and brought up with a completely different set of beliefs. Um, although they might be close in relation to yours, they're not going to be near as close as your family's. So, like I said, talk to those people. Get get inside as much as possible. Read the books. Get inside as much as possible. Um, but 
know that you will have different variables in your own life. Um, and you won't know those variables or see those variables until they come into play. Um, so there's a phrase that I like to use that I've learned. Um, there's, uh, so people talk about being responsible, right? Um, and especially when children come into play, you got to be responsible. You got to handle your business and you got to take care of that child. Your whole world now revolves around that child and you got to be responsible for them and for, uh, yourself and the rest of your life. Um, and you know, your love and your significant other. Um, but I like to use the phrase response able. So this is something that was taught to me a while back. And basically what it means is you have to be able to respond to the twist and turns that life give you. So you have to be response able. That is what being responsible is, is not, um, waking up every day and working the routine and, and going to work and, um, taking care of baby. And, you know, I mean, all those things, yes, that's being responsible, but the real test of your responsibility is, is how you're able to respond to the weird, how you're able to respond to the out of the norm, to the tragedies, to the, to the stuff in your life that you don't prepare for. Everyone's prepared to go to work the next day. You know what to expect. You know what's going to happen when you get there. Everyone has their morning routine. They wake up and they get their cup of coffee and they sit down to breakfast and, and they, um, you know, uh, maybe watch the news and they have the same ride to drive to work and they do essentially the same things every day at work. Um, and then they come home and they have dinner and you know what? It's, it's routine, which is great to have. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that later, but, um, (laughs) you have to be able to respond to the wrenches that life throws you. And in this first three months, you are going to get a barrage of wrenches. People were not lying when they told you that your life is going to be turned upside down. And although you can prep as much as possible <clears throat> by reading the books and by you know getting insight from from your friends and family, um, you're never going to be fully fully prepared. Um, so prepare to not be prepared <laughs> um, for some things that are gonna that are gonna come up. It's it's just the way it's just the way it is. Um, so you have to be able to become response able. You have to be able to look at a situation and say, okay, this is a problem. How do I fix it? Not, oh my God, this is an issue. I don't know what to do. You know, you can't do that. You can't freak out. You got to keep a cool head, figure out the issue, take it one step at a time, walk through it tactically and, and, you know, fix it, make it work. Um, so. With that being said, um, basically what I want to talk to you about is, you know, give you some examples of what's going to change in the in the first three months. So um, once you come home from the hospital, which depending on your hospital and, and how baby's doing and, and, and all that stuff, you know, it could be the next day or it could be a few days afterwards. Um, hopefully it's no longer f- than that. For you, I know with my son, he was born five weeks premature. 
um, and was in the NICU. Well, they, they told he was three pounds, two ounces. I could literally hold him in the palm of one hand when he was born. Um, that was a major wrench. We weren't expecting him that early, um, but he came, and he was tiny. He was all head. His head was bigger than his torso. It was is insane um, how small he was. Um, so in that situation, we had to be responsible and we had to learn to let go. They had him in an incubator for two weeks. We couldn't, we could only hold him for minutes at a time. Um, I, I, it was, it was horrible. He had jaundice. They were afraid he wasn't going to be able to breathe, uh, normally that, you know, his lungs were underdeveloped, all this crazy stuff that we had never thought was going to happen, um, but it was happening. And, uh, so we had to, we had to, we had to weather that storm. Um, we had to be responsible. Um, luckily, um, by the grace of God, my son was what all the nurses referred to as a miracle child. Um, his jaw was cleared up overnight. He was breathing on his own, uh, within hours of birth. Um, he did have to stay in the incubator for a little while, just as precautionary. Um, they told us he was going to be in the NICU for at least five weeks, and then he probably wouldn't come home for another week after that. So six weeks of going back and forth to the hospital um, every single day just to see our, our new baby boy um, is what they told us and what we prepared for, but he was home within two weeks. He had put on the necessary weight to come home, and it, and it, and it all worked out perfectly. He's had no health issues at all, he's now eight years old and thriving, um, so that that worked out well. Um, but it was definitely a scare, and it was definitely a big wrench there, right at the very beginning of my uh, parenting journey. Um, so, but it, you know, it, it, again, it's just an example of how you have to be responsible. Um, so. What to expect for the first three months? Um, when your child comes home, uh, there's basically the three main things you have to do constantly throughout the day. And um, as I'm sure y'all know, it's uh, feed, change, or sleep. Um, that's pretty much what babies at that young of an age do is they eat they use the restroom, and they sleep. Um, but they sleep in very short intervals all day long, kind of like a cat. <laughs> um, I don't mean to compare your child to an animal. That's, that's a bad, bad metaphor. Uh, <laughs> but, um, I mean, basically, yeah, they, they sleep all the time and um, not when you sleep. If you try to go to sleep, they'll wake up. <laughs> that's just the way it works. Um, so you have to be able to plan for that. And the best way to do that is to, in the first week or so, learn your baby's routine. They will have a routine. Um, every baby's different, but they will have a, a schedule that they are on. Um, basically, it, you know, it'll be eat. Um, they'll be up for a little bit. Um, and then they'll sleep for a couple hours, two to three hours, and then they'll wake up hungry again, you know, and you'll feed them again. Um, 
and then they'll sleep for a couple hours and but it'll always be around the same times of day that this that this schedule works and there'll probably be one or two naps in there where they sleep a little bit longer than the other ones and so you just got to kind of be cognizant of that and and figure out the schedule and and write it down um and then post it somewhere um so really pay attention to your baby's actions and and what they are doing um as far as as far as eating and sleeping um excuse me um so you really want to be really want to be cognizant of that and you want to write out the schedule um and the reason you do that is you can post it on your fridge and that way you know the times that you have to get whatever you need to do done um if you're like me i was working um have been working throughout all of my children's uh you know early months and um and my wife as well. So we basically had to take advantage of those times um, when baby was asleep uh, to get our work done. Um, so having that schedule posted, and you know, I mean, the, it'll vary slightly um, every day, but for the most part, they will they will be on that same routine, um, especially if you make it make an effort to keep them on that routine from the start um it they'll they'll stick to it for the most part um so post that and then you'll have you'll have the time to do what you need to do to put in your efforts elsewhere while baby is asleep um so that is important you really really need to do that um some things you can expect you are not going to get a lot of sleep. You're going to be exhausted for at least the first three months. Um, it is going, it's going to drive you crazy. Um, at times you're going to want to give up. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> you won't, obviously. Love conquers all and uh, you'll push through it, but it'll be rough. Um, so just like I said, you can't really prepare yourself for that, but try as much as you can. Um, what I like to tell people to do, especially for dads, since dads don't go through the whole, um, they don't go through pregnancy. So they're, they're more unprepared than mom is every time. Um, and it's just because they don't have the nine months of, of what pregnancy is. Um, you know, growing a child and, and everything that comes along with that, uh, they don't they don't experience that. So they are l much less prepared when baby actually comes than mom is. Um, so a thing I like to suggest to people that go through my course is um, um, to basically put themselves on a schedule uh, beforehand. So. <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry, I got a little bit of a sore throat, um, but to put themselves on a schedule beforehand. So basically write out, uh, you and your significant other sit down and write out a schedule that you're going to stick to, uh, do this a month before baby comes or, or, you know, two months before, or just whatever to get yourself acclimated, however much time you think you need to get yourself acclimated to this schedule. And Basically, um, write out a schedule where 
you have a feeding and then two to three hours later you have another feeding and two to three hours later you have another feeding and another feeding and then you get a long nap where they're down for three or four hours and then you 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 uh do another feeding and then another feeding um and you do that on a 24-hour schedule so what that means is that you have to set alarms and you're gonna have to wake up in the middle of the night to go make a fake bottle for a baby that's not here yet. Now, I know that sounds crazy. I know that sounds crazy, and I know you don't want to do that. You say, oh, I'm going to get my sleep while I can because baby's not here yet, and I know I'm not going to get it when baby is here. I know that's the natural response, and I know that's what you naturally want to do. I don't blame you for that. But what I'm saying is if you do this before baby gets here, it makes it a hundred times easier when baby does show up to get up in the middle of those nights again especially for fathers um to get up in the middle of the night and go take care of baby um it just it just makes it easier because your body's already used to it you've already acclimated yourselves if you if you do something for 30 days it becomes a habit if you do something consistently for that is Proven fact. You can look that up. You can check my facts. If you do something for 30 days, it becomes a habit. 30 days consistently, it becomes a habit. If you skip a day, you got to start over. It's got to be 30 straight consistent days doing the same activity. Then it becomes a habit. Then it becomes like second nature. So if you do this, your body, you will naturally want to wake up at those times that you set for yourself. Your body will be used to it. Your internal clock will tell you it's time to get up. And you will become used to losing that extra 15 minutes of sleep. How long does it take you to wake up, you know, make a fake bottle? And by make a fake bottle, I mean put some water in in a bottle, put it in the microwave, heat it up, and then go set it on the table and then go back to bed. How long does it take you to do that? Five minutes, 10 minutes, max, if you're moving real slow, um, just do that and then go right back to bed and do that every two to three hours. Again, I know this sounds crazy, but I'm telling you, it works. I've done it myself. Um, I've had multiple people go through my course and do it. It works. Okay. When that baby comes and you have to do this for real, and when you have to do it for real, you're going to have to sit up with baby and feed baby, and it's going to it's not going to be 5, 10 minutes. It's going to be 30 minutes. It's going to be an hour until baby goes back to sleep. Sometimes it might even take longer than that if baby's real restless. It's, that's, that's the name of the game. But if you get up and just take that 5, 10 minutes and then go right back to bed, it will be much, much easier for you to handle that. Um, because you will be used to waking up and getting out of bed and going to do something. Your body will be acclimated to it already. So therefore, when baby comes, it's not that big of a deal. Um, so you won't be as uh, worn out the next morning when you got to go to work or um, just worn out the next day, uh, period. Um, it'll it'll truly, truly help you. Um, and I swear by that. Um, so... That is my method for kind of getting used to the um, the lack of sleep. Uh, another thing you can expect is a 
lot of crying. Um, so if you're anything like my wife, my wife is prone to headaches. She actually has migraines on pretty much a daily basis. Um, she's even, she even had surgery for it a few years back, um, which didn't hold very well, helped a little bit, but, um, she still suffers. And, uh, so the baby crying, it it really, although she would never complain about it because she understands, um, that is just what babies do and it's just how they communicate. Um, it gets to her, um, just because of the loud noises in her head constantly hurting all the time, 24 seven, um, which I can't imagine when I get a headache, I'm a big baby about it myself and I'm crying and whining and she lives with them every single day of her life, uh, stronger than I am. Um, so yeah, she, those things wear on you. Um, and then the lack of sleep wears on you and then whatever issues you have going on at work wears on you. And if you and your partner, um, your significant other do not understand this completely and understand the other one's point of view, it is going to wear on y'all's relationship and y'all have to nurture that. Um, this is going to be a very trying time for your relationship. So do not, do not, um, take your frustrations out on each other. It is going to be very easy to do that, um, throughout this, this, this point in time. Don't, don't y'all are both frustrated. Y'all both are under a lot of stress. Y'all both have the same amount of stuff going on. Um, and you just gotta, you just gotta understand that. And y'all are so much stronger together and you make things so much easier if you work together than you do if you're arguing over the little things. Um, don't make the minor things major, leave them minor. Um, you don't bring, uh, so I'm a big baseball fan. And, um, so there's in baseball, there's what they call the farm system. Um, and that's basically these major league teams have their own individual camps where they have minor league players and the minor league players go through a series of steps before they ever make it to the major league. Some of them never do. Um, but Basically, they'll take kids straight out of high school or straight out of college, and uh, they'll put them in this minor league farm system, as they call it, and they go through, uh, there's a four-step phase. I forget what the, the actual first step is called. It's pro league or something something along those lines, but then there's single A, double A, triple A, and then you make it to the majors. Um, but what never happens in baseball is they take a single-A player and bring them up to the majors. It doesn't happen. Um, it, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't play out that way. You got to go through the necessary steps before you, it becomes major. So think of it like that. Don't take a single-A player and throw them in the majors. Don't take a minor problem and throw it into the major league ring. It's not a major league ring. It's not a major league problem. It is a minor league problem. Leave it in the minors. Um, that you know, that's that's my two cents on that. Um, <clears throat> don't make a mountain out of a mole, or yeah, don't make a mountain out of a molehill, as they say. Um, y- y'all both have y'all's little issues, and y'all can talk about them, and you can work them out, but don't make them a major problem. Um, it's not going to do anything but make make this time harder on you than it has to be. 
Um, this can be a great time. It can be a fun time. Um, it can be a really, really, really pleasing time. Um, because you're just getting to know your new child and it's beautiful and you're falling in love with them more and more every single day. And you just gotta, you gotta stay in that. You can't, you can't let the, the, uh, the stress and the, and the, uh, exhaustion cloud what's truly important here. And that's, and that's the bonding with your new, with your new child and the bonding with each other over the fact that y'all created this beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, so that's my, my, my six, six cents. <laughs> that's not the, that's not the phrase. And that's my two cents on, um, on the first three months. So, um, like I told you before, um, I'm not, I'm not a step-by-step guru. I'm not going to walk you through these, you know, oh, this is how you should do it. This is how you should do it. No, I believe everyone has their parenting styles. And I can tell you what the parenting styles are, and we'll actually talk about that in future podcasts. But um, but you'll develop your own parenting style, and you will raise your child how you see fit. I'm not here to tell you how to raise your kids. I uh, That's not how I am. What I'm here to do is help you with the emotional issues and the, um, the, just the, the mental anguish that comes along sometimes, um, through being, through trying to figure it out, trying to weather the storm because you, you love your parent, you love your child more than anything in the world. And that love can sometimes lead, lead you into a, a, mental spiral of am I doing it right and am I as good of a parent as my parents were am I where I need to be um financially am I where I need to be in my career am I um am I everything that my child deserves um and I'm here to tell you that you are all of those things um but there's steps you can take to um to convince yourself of that, um, and to, and to build the best relationship with your child and your partner that you can. That is what I am here for. Um, so that is all I have on the first three months. Love each other. Learn to learn your new, uh, uh, child's, sorry, like I said, my throat is, is sore and I, I can't think right now. Um, I'm stuttering all over myself, and it sounds terrible, and I apologize. But learn your new child's quirks. Learn your new child's routine. um, And stay in the love on this. If you you get out and away from the love that is that first three months, that amazing first three months, um, you're going to have issues. And most, most likely... It's going to be issues with the people closest to you. I said it before, we tend to take our biggest frustrations out on the ones we love because we're most comfortable around the ones we love. Um, So we're most comfortable showing that emotion to them. Um, Don't do that. Um, Stay in the love and and spread it as much as possible. Y'all, you're... Everyone involved in this situation is going to be exhausted. Everyone is going to be on their mental ledge. Uh, Don't jump. (laughs) Stay there. 
Um, it, I promise you it'll all be over soon. It'll all be worth it. It's just a few months of your time. Um, at about three to four months, both my children started sleeping through the night, and they haven't looked back since. I know that's not the case with everyone, um, but it's a very short three to four months. Um, so just keep that in the back of your head. And as always, um, love each one another, learn, grow, teach. If this is your first time um, listening to the podcast, uh, my name is Nathan Young, your host, and welcome to the Kids Raising Kids family. If you haven't yet, I want to invite you all to go to kidsraisingkids.net slash 99parentingsecrets and get my ebook. It's 270, over a little bit over 270 pages of just all the tips, tricks, and knowledge that I've learned over the past decade. That's where you get, you know, the step-by-steps, the tips, and all that. That's not what this podcast is, but that is what that book is. Um, so go grab that if that is something you're interested in. It is completely 100% free. I'm giving it to you. All you have to do is put in an email so I know where to send the download link for the ebook. Um, and I will get that right to you uh, immediately after getting that email. Um, so go do that if that's something you're interested in. And I will catch you back here again tomorrow for my special catch-up week. And um, I will see y'all then. Y'all have a great rest of your day. And peace.